talking about the real, the walk in the face, breaking down every minute. I'ma give y'all the taste about the fashion, fitness, food and the drama. Afrocentric bitch, just wanna inform ya. About the, about the, about the, so come tune in with your friends, you can bring your band. June 1st, 2021. Today is the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. This song by Billie Holiday, Strange Fruit, is how she felt and how she was able to express herself as a singer knowing what was going on to her people. Oklahoma, Tulsa, Greenwood District of 35 blocks of successful black businesses. The economy was vibrant. It was a safe space, a freedom town that I personally don't ever remember being taught about in school. And I went to Martin Luther King Jr. High School. It wasn't part of the school curriculum. Such an important, powerful, horrible moment in American history. The time that Black Wall Street was ripped from the Black community was never taught in a Black school. Or I should say in an school that was named after a civil rights leader. Black Wall Street was a mixture of hotels, restaurants, dry cleaners, barbershops, beauty shops, pharmacists, hardware store, movie theaters, dress and suit makers, you name it. It was there. 35 blocks of richness, of homes, of property, of ownership, of generational wealth, of building. Who really wants to forget this massacre? Who will benefit from forgetting this massacre? <laughs> Who will benefit from the massacre, period? The white races. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but it's true. So I have a platform. I'm a black woman with black children and we should never forget Black Wall Street. So it was said that on May 30th, a shoeshine black boy by the name of Dick Rowland, he was about 19 years old. 
He entered an elevator with a 17-year-old white girl who was, you know, the elevator, operated the elevator. So she was the one that basically made the elevator go up, down, etc. And at that time, you know, blacks and whites were not supposed to mix. So the elevator shook and he either tripped or something happened, but he held her hand and she screamed. So when the elevator opened, he ran out. And as I said, back then, a black man touching a white woman was an assault. It was an equivalent to rape. It was like, how dare you touch our white, pure women with your black, dirty hands, right? So she came out of the elevator, went to the front desk, white clerk crying, who then got cops involved because here goes this white damsel in distress crying that this black man touched her, could have possibly raped her, could have possibly done so much. So she involved all these white men because one call to the cops was set off the match. It was the spark to that that lit all of this destruction. The young black teenager who mind you, as I was said, as I said, um, they were both teenagers, was also said to have a relationship somewhat with this woman, Sarah. But hmm, we don't know. We don't know if it's true. We don't know if it's not. But we know that what happened there is what began. It was a domino effect, the domino that fell down. Mm -mm -mm. So whether Sarah and Dick Rowland were dating, we don't know. Some say yes, some say no. So she sparked the white mob, or I should say, yeah, she was the cause of the white mob because of her exaggeration. They began the thirst for revenge, for blood, for destruction. This was a spark that ignited the Tulsa massacre. So during the nights as most black Greenwood um, slept, you know, they slept in their home. They were closing their businesses. They were counting money. You know, these were people that lived, this was their community. As they slept, bullets and more bullets came. Oh, that's all you heard. Because this white mob was looking for this black man. He was arrested. He was charged with assault because of grabbing her, but that wasn't enough. So when he went home, the white mom, they, they came together and they're like, we're going to look for this man because how dare him right? How dare him touch our woman? And they all came with guns and, and, and they were looking, they, things were fired. They were looking for this black boy. Like who this, we have to kill him. All these black people have to die. They cannot, they cannot exist. So fights and more fighting began Mind you, the white mob invaded the black side of Greenwood, but the white side of Greenwood heard that the black people began 
a riot. So more lies, more lies on top of more lies. But what these lies did is they, again, fueled more white racist mob to come out and help these white mobs that were already there because they felt that they needed their help because the black people were starting riots and they couldn't, they have to help their fellow whites. So the governor sent out soldiers who ripped black communities out of their, who ripped the black communities out of their home, their businesses, and made it easier for the white mob to destroy black Wall Street. These white soldiers, these white racist soldiers were the National Guards who were not trying to help the southern border of Greenwood. They weren't trying to help the white community. It was clear that they came to help the white mob destroy, loot, burn, and take over. They wanted to prove a point. They wanted to prove a point that if you ever even tried to touch another white woman, we will destroy not only that person, but your entire community. Everything that was owned by a black person was destroyed. Bombs were dropped and hundreds, thousands were killed. And the black people that survived were placed in cages. Imagine building something, richness, gold, pureness, self-esteem, pride, wealth, things that you could pass on to generations and generations to come, destroyed in a matter of minutes. And then you were placed in cage Cages like you weren't shit, like you were an animal. Because back then, that's how they felt. And still to now, some do feel that way. That black people are not sh are nothing. They're shit. So they place them in these cages like hogs, like animals. And they could only be released. They could only clock out. They could only get checked out from these cages. Doesn't this shit sound familiar? Cages. They could only be checked out from these cages when a white family claimed them. When, did y'all listen to that? Yeah. When a white family released them because they knew where they will be, they knew where the white family lived, and if they ever needed to find them, then they will feel comfortable. They will know exactly where to go. <laughs> this is crazy. Imagine living in Black Wall Street and from the night of May 31st to dawn, June, 20, June 1st, 1921, it was gone. Everything that you worked for was gone. Everything. Yes, there's some white families that, that hid their black friends in the basements and try to help their black friends. But there's so much that they could have done, right? If the newspaper, the politics, the media 
was all controlled by white races. <laughs> Do you understand that? Imagine going to the cops for help. They can't help you because they don't like you. You can't go to the media because the media needs to twist it in the outcome that's more positive for the white society. So who can you run to? Who failed the black community in Greenwood? Of course, the government. Of course, the media. Of course, a lot of the white population. Wall Street was a threat to them. Wall Street was a threat to the white race and to them, it was it must never be again. Destroying Oklahoma, Tulsa, Greenwood District, 35 blocks of successful black businesses was a must because to the white racists, it must never be again. Not one person was ever punished for the bombing, for the killings, for the destruction of Black Wall Street. And it's just so funny how to me sometimes people wonder why people are so upset. And sometimes some white people are like, oh, just forget it. I shouldn't be punished because of my ancestors. But, but you benefit from your ancestors ripping somebody else's ancestors' hard work. You benefit. You gain. You got a four, five, 10, 20 feet ahead because they ripped the pride and dignity that these individuals built. You were intimidated by the richness, the pride that they built. And when people become intimidated by others' actions, all they want to do is find a way to destroy that. Because if these individuals that they looked at as animals get ahead, if they get ahead of them, that means that they're equal and they're not equal. Or that means that they're better than us. They're not better than us. So we got to do everything to stop. Man, the government threatened the black community. Like, like they, they threatened and they treated the black community like shit. But if everything was run by whites, why? Would they want to help rebuild something that they were threatened by? Why would they give a black man a loan if he entered a bank? Why would they care if he complains about somebody destroying, burning their home, burning their property? Why would they care if that was their plan, if that was the outcome? And now if you see, if you go there and you see these white communities in the same, this I remember I was, I was watching, um, something and this white man he he's in a building that has like the the exact um brick 
of how it was then the rich brick and you could see kind of like the burning of with some of the bricks because they built kind of around it and still kind of kept that structure so he says or so he thinks but there's a white person there now right <sighs> at the at these times during 1921 um white face was the thing you know, white face, the black man with a white face or a white man with a black face, the, the clownery, the is the idiots, they're bozos, they're this, they're less than, they're animals. You can't look at them as human beings. This is what the media, the media was feeding the society. The media that we watch. Now, of course, we have voices and things are a little bit different. But back then, segregation was the thing. And the media was, was making sure that the outside world felt that Black people were a piece of shit and animals. So sometimes when you hear people like Kevin Samuels saying in regards to your image, it's not about changing who you are. It's about they have portrayed an image about black people to basically be afraid of them, that they're going to be rapists, that they're going to be killers, all kind of things. That's what they have projected in the media for years. So they have normalized this, that this is why racism still exists. The black community in Greenwood were destroyed. 35 blocks of pride was destroyed. 35 blocks of safe, safe space was destroyed. You know, 35 blocks of a symbol of we can, we have, we must was shattered. Rebuilding was harder. And forgetting for some Black people was easier. Because imagine building all this for so long and in one day, one lie everything was gone it was so painful some people didn't want to speak about it they just wanted to forget you know how some you know how we say that painful things in communities or in families people don't want to talk about it they just want to forget and we're like no you got to talk about it because you can't brush people under the rug you can't brush these things under the rug and then when you're upset it just comes out or you lash out about it this is the same example this is why i felt like i wasn't taught about this but i have a platform now and i can speak in, about it and hopefully somebody else will be like is this true google it look it up share it speak about it because knowledge is power like, it was painful. So many years, so many families destroyed, so many businesses destroyed. Like, Black owners did not want to give up, though. So in the 1940s and in the 1950s, my mom was born in the 1950s, they rebuilt. They rebuilt, and it was beautiful, and, and it was thriving. But then <laughs> the crazy part is that when it was thriving. They passed the law that white businesses um, were supposed to allow black people to come in. There was no more segregation. So white, black and whites could eat. They could go to the same dance, the same mall, the same movie, the same everything. It's part of that gentrification. Like, you know, when you we were, when I was in Brooklyn and Brooklyn was changing and we knew that 
gentrification was coming when we saw our Starbucks or whatever. And then look at Brooklyn now from how Brooklyn was in the 90s. And black people began to spend their money outside of black Wall Street. So mind you, you've rebuilt all these stuff after the white races that controlled the, like I said, everything, destroyed. You rebuild, you start putting back money into your community and then your own people spend their hard work money outside of their community to build, rebuild, and build generational wealth for others. While Oklahoma, Tulsa, Greenwood District, the South Side is basically gone. The state of Oklahoma built a freeway that ran through the south side of Greenwood. And that freeway is hiding the truth. It covers the richness of Black Wall Street. It was strategically placed to cover the city of Tulsa, the south side city of Green, the south side city of Greenwood. And I was, I was born in the generation of the millennials. You know, millennials were raised and we weren't, a lot of us, because I know some of us probably were, but a lot of us were not taught about this history. It was never spoken of. But imagine your grandfather, your grandmother fighting for, for this. And then as soon as they pass a law that you're able to go to these venues and things that you were forbidden to go to. Remember, all of this started with a black man holding whether it was holding, whether the elevator shaked, whether they were dating a black and white woman together, all of this, all this destruction began because of that. And as soon as segregation was no longer, the black dollars was spent somewhere else and the black community continued to go down because they weren't helping the black community. The government wasn't helping. And that's why if you see in the poorest of communities and you see all the crackheads and you see all this is because I'm not going to help you. It is if there's a white crackhead and a black crackhead, I'm telling you, <laughs> as, as crazy as it is, is, they're not looked at as the same. So today being June 1st, right? Today is June 1st. So June 1st, 1921 to now June 1st, 2021, we are Black Street. We are Black Wall Street. We are Black richness. We are Black. We need to continue to build and build back Black Wall Street the way that we can. And sometimes you see, you know, there's a lot of places in Atlanta and stuff like that. Because when you spend 
when you build, when you open and you spend within your community is amazing. The thing about it that I felt like when I was, you know, looking at different movies and clips and reading different things in regards to this, it's like, it was almost like the moment that black people felt that, okay, now we are being accepted by those same white racist community. Now we have to just spend all our money there. United we stand, divided we fall. That's what they say. Stand for something, build something. We are products of kings and queens who have gone through so much more pain and struggles than we have, who have fought for us to vote, to breathe, to live, and to build. Build generational wealth. It's not just a nice thing to say. It's something we must create, a mindset. We must have something. You know, you must not allow fear to win. Don't allow, when you feel stuck, right? Just ask the universe for guidance and help. Let it reveal your path and don't allow fear to cripple you. We must win build Black Wall Street back. And it begins with the state of mind. But it's just something that is like, wow. Imagine if I was able to just see the richness and the beauty that, who knows, a cousin, an uncle, a great, great, somebody, a family member, you understand, was, of mine was, was there. Who knows? And um, they were able to rebuild. Some were destroyed mentally by this, and they were never the same. But I hope that you're able to speak about this, whether it's to a friend or whether it's to your family, your, your children, because this is something, it's a part of history that we must not forget because Black Wall Street was the blueprint that showed us that we can understand. And we have things like Jay-Z and, and people like, Jay-Z, why you say Jay-Z? There's so many others in Jay-Z. Like I just said, you know, Billie Holiday, she was a musician as well. And she stood up. And man, she got locked up, kicked out of different for 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 singing "Strange Fruit." They didn't want her to speak about it. They didn't want her. They wanted her to entertain the white audience and not speak about the same white audience that are killing her people. But there were times that she said "fuck it" and she stood for it. The same thing with why well, I said Jay Z was because with his champagne. And it was the same thing when he realized that he was advertising for a champagne company that was racist to his people. And he created his own. And then we also have Ducey. You know, it's just one of those things that we have to learn from the people that came before us because they're leaving a blueprint. And sometimes, don't get me, don't get it wrong, it's, it's not the easiest thing. But it can be done. And they have shown, they have laid it out 
as JC said, he's giving you knowledge and, you know, $10 worth of knowledge or the CD costs $10 or whatever was it downloaded and so much information yet there on how to build credit on how to build stuff. And, um, yeah, man, we are products of Kings and Queens. So the massacre, the Tulsa race massacre must never be forgotten and we must speak about it. Thank you so much guys for tuning in and just don't forget that we are more than sometimes what society wants us to be. We define our path and our future and we don't forget our history. Here is a string.